Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations. Z, we're talking about how humanity is just becoming more and more dead, how you can't tell jokes. We're in this weird cancel culture where everything it means to be human. If you've got a very strong opinion about something, if you've got a different way of thinking, if you've got a lot of passion, if you've got a lot of energy, a lot of that is suppressed. And in fact, I've written a piece about this called Fighting My Humanity. And the whole premise of Fighting My Humanity is that just to survive, just to be in this world where we have to put on a certain face and act a certain way, I've got to destroy everything about myself that makes me human. And there's that tension. You want to be human. You want to feel alive. You want to connect with people, have intimate relationships, take all your creativity and your fire and bring that to light. But guess what? In today's day and age, you might offend someone. You might get canceled. Uh, You might lose your job. A lot can happen. And we end up in this world, unfortunately, where everything seems dead and you have to follow along whatever the official state narrative is. If you've got a different point of view, that might be censored on social media. You might not even be allowed to talk about it because if you say something that offends the people around you, uh, suddenly you won't have any friends or you're going to blow up family relationships and you kind of have to navigate very carefully. And what this ends up doing is it just puts us in almost this gray state. I mean, I kind of imagine it, Z, is you've got like this massive gray fog everywhere and nothing has any meaning anymore. Nothing has any spice or flavor or contrast. It's just like all very dull, like blah, ah. And the reason for that is that if you're focused on not offending anyone, you're, the only way to do that is to say something that has no content, that has no meaning, that's not inspiring, it's not provocative. So you end up in a world which is just very dull. And you end up in this world where we're kind of going along, doing all the things that we need to do to stay alive. Uh, but actually feeling alive is something that we've lost in a lot of cases. So if we think about how do we want to get back to being human? How do we want to restore that humanity In fact, we talked about this a few weeks ago. We had a piece or a podcast called The Threshold of Our Humanity about how there's less compassion, less concern for fellow human beings. And we don't want to be in that state where our humanity disappears, where we're robots, where we don't care what happens to other people around us, where we don't have engaging conversations, where we don't have the ability to express ourselves. And you brought up an interesting point in the conversation offline that we've been having which is the role of art. So if you think about art, whether it's music, whether it's movies, uh, whether it's poetry, writing, the role of art is that it wakes people up because it's unfiltered. It's authentic. It's like this primal scream, this expression of the artist's soul. And because of that, it reminds us that we're human. It stirs something within us. And each of us, we may have our own favorite song to listen to, Maybe not everything resonates with us, but if we find something that resonates, it stirs us. It brings tears to our eyes. It inspires revolution. Uh, We've talked about how certain artists have been killed or they've been arrested over time because what they're saying is going to rile up society. It's uh, going to get people to tear down conventional narratives, to stop what they're doing and head in a different direction. And that becomes very threatening for the establishment. 
Uh, we've talked about how certain practices, so not exactly art, but I would put it in the same category, certain spiritual practices, certain martial arts practices are banned because they fire up the human spirit. And if you awaken that spirit, people aren't content just going along with whatever the state-sanctioned line is. They want to live their own life. They might want to move in a different direction. They might criticize the conditions around them. And so that also becomes threatening. Uh, so it's interesting. This is a bit of a side point, but as a side note, you look at totalitarian regimes and anything that doesn't fit the official line is deleted and art and artists are at the top of that list. Uh, we have examples of artists in the U.S. who've been killed uh, for their political views. Uh, there was a young rapper who uh, was from India and about a year ago he was killed because he was speaking out against the government. So art can be a very powerful thing. And as we're talking today, Z, this is a wide-ranging conversation, but I think there are a couple of themes that I want to hit on. And number one is just to flush this out a little bit more. So get your perspective on what is it about art that awakens that humanity. And then as we get into the conversation, let's think about how we can use the same principles. So if we are listening to a song or looking at a painting and that moves something within us, even if we're not artists, what does it say about ourselves? How should we conduct ourselves, carry ourselves, so that we feel some of that fire? You know, we still remind ourselves that we're human. So just wanted to start over there. And Z, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, Vin, we'll, we'll stay on this. I, I was thinking about a lot because you introduced me to uh, Jay, and uh, he's working on uh, yoga trap in music. And oftentimes, when I hear people who are working on different yoga projects, I often cringe because uh, yoga is something that is very deep and sacred to me, um, as people would say their religion is sacred to them. Um, and it's been exoticized and, and abused and watered down and kind of packaged for an Occidental audience. And so, so much of the, the richness of it is thrown away and so much of the benefits to humanity have been thrown away in order to package it for mass consumption. And so many things are done that way. But those elements of what Jay was working on, the beauty of it, the art, the, 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 the devs and devies that he was rendering. It made me think about times when I have been in my practice and sharing the practice, and you will be inspired by art, either some words, the great written word of the poems, the, the, the writings, or you will see the flow of things that appear to be dance inspired by rhythm and music that just wake you up. It empowers you. It, your, your energy levels go up many times over and you feel like, I can do this. And it made me realize that it's art. That is what the role of artists are to the hero, where the heroes are people who wish to advance humanity for the sake of the advancement of humanity or preserve humanity for the sake of humanity not for any personal gain or reward. So we don't often remember or have reverence for our heroes. Um, they often die unknown. They won't get the awards, the accolades, the Grammys, the Oscars, the Tony Awards, or the plaques and so forth, because they are totally focused on the immediate greater good they can offer humanity. So I start thinking about the role of artists. I think about the artists that I've worked with that could lift the roof and make you take action. 
You think about when they talk about the greatest rappers now, they talk about that. They rarely mention Chuck D, who was the um, founder of Public Enemy. And if you listen to the words, they were contemporary, they were important, they were a cry for action. Let's do better. Let's make the world better. You go back to the writers and artists and songs of the of, of the, the later, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, where they were a call to action. Let's do better. What about even in the music of love? What is the most important thing is your beloved. I share with Caitlin and Pretty Tony this morning, an old song I remember my dad playing with him. My mother and I, would, uh, my, him and my mother would have issues and they would get back together and be in love and fight again. And often there was a song associated with that, like there was one expressway to your heart. And he tied in freeway traffic to timing of being and showing love. And it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And at the end of that song, is a call to action. Do it now. Show your love that you love them now. Don't wait. Don't wait five minutes because five minutes more of traffic will put you so far behind. Waiting so long to tell the person you love, you'll end up missing them and they won't be there anymore. And that's like what the great sage Patanjali said in the Yoga Sutras. Is the first sutra is now. Whatever you're going to do in life, do it now. So through art and song and poem and, and carving and sculpting, that's where human beings shine. AI can give you an NFT and a digital picture or rendering, but it, it's not, there was nothing there. It was not a Monet. It was not a Gauguin. It was not Marvin Gaye. It wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, Willie Nelson. It wasn't none of that. It was a human being that felt you, that talked to you, that understood you. The simplest of you, that's the human. And the more we repress that, the more we have canned music, the more we have uh, laughless comedians. Caitlin was telling me about new comedians that you don't laugh at because you can't even relate to them because they're so suppressed. What were you saying, Caitlin? They're so unoffensive. They're so careful not to offend. But if you don't offend, you don't inspire. If you, if you do something with the risk of no, and take all risk of offense, nobody wants to hear it. What were you saying about that, Caitlin? It's like some comedy that was just well, they just narrow in on their audience. And so if you aren't speaking their language already, you miss out on a lot of like what the points they're trying to make. So what Caitlin is talking about is like there's this idea of a sub-niche audience, a sub-niche, where it's not even comedy anymore because nobody gets it. But it doesn't offend. It doesn't threaten. It doesn't shake you up. There's no potential for, for one person being hurt. My God, what is that? Like, just, just, just give up to the robots. Just surrender to the robots. Let's, let's live in a world, a laughless world, an artless world, 
a monochrome bland world where we just have shades, varying shades of gray in our art. No bright colors, not too dark, not too bright, not too flashy, Ugh. not too human. So we want to keep us, those of us who have opted out, let's keep our art. Let's go back and listen to good music, laugh real hard. Let's break out our old Richard Pryor and Lenny Bruce. Let's watch things that you close your curtains, you shut your door, and you can laugh. And if people are offended, then so what? And I'm not saying that to mean no compassion. But shouldn't those who are offended think about what they're offended by? Should the world be shaped for your liking, that bland world, that laughless world, that monochrome world that everybody can fit into? Maybe everybody shouldn't fit into everything. I read an article recently, and I was telling you, Vin, of a school district where enough parents decided they didn't like what the school district was doing when it came to the um, kind of the indoctrination of children in contemporary think or non-think. And so the parents just quietly started pulling their kids out of school. So when the school realized that 20% of the kids were absent, the first thing the school district did was not check what they were doing, but they called the police and wanted to arrest all parents who had decided to take their kids out of the school. And the police were really willing to do it, but they said there's too many of them. When you talk about 20% of any population group, that's a lot of people. And they couldn't arrest them, but maybe they can go talk to them. They went and talked to the parents they knew. They say, we, well, we are, we're okay with you, but we don't agree with your agenda. So we would rather not participate in it. And the people said, well, we can't have an agenda unless you participate in it. No, you can have your agenda. It just won't be with us. So they had to rethink. They had to try to sell their agenda to the parents. They had to figure out a way to negotiate, to compromise. So the parents would feel comfortable with their kids in that school or go to an agenda that more parents would agree upon. But it would also blow up in their face that they had tried to promote views and ideas that parents weren't going for. And that is what we want to inspire people to do. And through art and music and spoken word, we want to inspire people to think for yourself to picture a moment in a time where the values and ideas that you have are yours and you can live with those. Not just going along with stuff, just to be going along. Not to just shut up when you're told to shut up. Not to uh, compromise and comply. And that is the separation of us and the robot. Those are the thinkers and the non-thinkers the people versus the sheeple. So we, we've, we need art and we need that good art that just comes from a place of this is what I see and this is what it is. So we can keep thinking. You know what I mean, Vin? Yeah, there are a few interesting things you mentioned, Z. One is how with art, you just put it out there. 
So it's just the statement. It's what you feel, what you're inspired by. There's not a lot of thinking behind it. And there's a certain purity in that, a certain beauty, but also a certain power because it's authentic. It's not massaged. It's not contorted. Uh, it's kind of like this shining raw essence. And again, maybe it will resonate with certain people. Maybe others it won't. But it's got that latent potential uh, because it's a transmission of something uh, divine, as we've talked about. Uh, so we don't know where the words come from. We don't know where the inspiration comes from to paint. But it comes from somewhere in the ether sphere or whatever your spiritual or religious beliefs are. It comes from something beyond this physical plane. Uh, and it's powerful for that reason. And it provides a lot of clarity. It strips away a lot of the confusion about, should I think this? Should I think that? Am I going to offend someone else? Because the intent isn't to get other people to like you. The intent is to express something that moves you. And in that expression, you can wake other people up and you can catalyze great things. Uh, you can get people, uh, you talked about, uh, you've made this comment in the past, you go to a concert and you can have 50,000 or 100,000 people rocking out to an artist in a way that they never would at a political event. Uh, they, they would never pay any attention to other people like that. But suddenly you put them at a Taylor Swift concert and they're fanatics and they're crazy fans and they're willing to do anything because it moves them to such an extent. So the art has that power. It, just right. hold on one second. <laughs> We're back. Uh, so, in a sense, it's uh, kind of like my kids who just come in as they did right now, and they say whatever's on their mind, and they don't care whether I like it or I don't like it. That's just who they are. Uh, but that's why a lot of things that kids say are extremely perceptive, because they don't have that filter. They haven't been trained to ask themselves, am I saying the right thing? Am I saying something that I shouldn't be saying? They just see what they see, and they come out and say it. And there's a certain clarity and power in that that we don't find anywhere else. As Z, we talk about cancel culture. I personally think cancel culture is a terrible phenomenon for probably at least three or four reasons, one of which we talked about, uh, which is that if you try not to offend anyone, the only way to do that is to say things that aren't offensive at all. And the only way to say things that aren't offensive at all is to say things that have no content, that have no innovation. Because by definition, if you're proposing something new, people are going to disagree with it. It's going to threaten someone. It's going to threaten their livelihood. Uh, if you invent a car, uh, that threatens a bunch of existing industries. If now you have a flying car or a spaceship, that threatens other people's livelihoods. It threatens their identity because a lot of our identity, our worldview, is based on certain ideologies that we have, certain habits. And so, of course, we're going to offend people. That's the nature of innovation. That's the only way to move forward. And if you don't do that, then what happens? It's almost like you collapse into some kind of neutron star where there's no life. There's nothing. There's no light. There's no spark. We're just dead and we're existing, but we're dead. So that's a big problem with cancel culture. And then if you go beyond that and you think generally about this desire not to offend, it ends up actually polarizing us because it pushes us in different directions. We're only willing to engage with people who have the same view. And that means we're not interacting with other types of people. And if we're not interacting with them, we can demonize them. We can dehumanize them. We have no feedback. We're cut off from the rest of the world. So it's like everyone's existing in their little bubbles. And maybe that's another reason that art is powerful. And curious what your perspective is on this. 
but maybe it's powerful as a unifier because even if we don't agree with the message, it stirs something in us. So it produces some emotion, some feeling that's universal that anyone can relate to. You look at a painting, it doesn't matter necessarily what your culture is. It, it might. I mean, different people might have different reactions, but there are some experiences which are just universally human. So you don't have to speak the same words. You don't even have to have the same lifestyle, but you can relate because at some level, as the Buddha said, we're all the same. We're all opting for the same things. We all have the same priorities. Uh, we want that connection. We have an inherent sense of compassion. Uh, we want to be part of something bigger than ourselves. We want to avoid pain. We want to elevate, uplift, maintain peace of mind. And if you speak to these things, especially in this time, and this is also something we talked about offline, that we're in a time, Z, where we're talking about a lot of what's wrong with society and how people are polarized, how they're angry, how we're seeing all of these random acts of violence. We're seeing people making poor decisions because they're on the cell phone all the time, because there's too much drug use, because networks are pumping out fear and hate. So it's easy to get into maybe a depressed state or just have this this view of despair. Oh my God, if I look at humanity, how horrible, what are we even living for? Do I want to bring kids into this world? What direction are we headed in? That's another reason that art is powerful, Z, because it reminds us of being human. And that's exactly what happened to you, as you were describing, when you listen to some of the music from this friend of mine, Jay, and whether it was the music or the artwork around it, it's like, wow, this is uplifting. This makes me feel alive. This makes me feel present. It almost restores our faith in humanity. It gives us the power to keep on moving forward, despite all this nonsense that we're seeing around us. So I know I've covered a lot of ground. I mean, we're moving all over the place, Z, but those are some of the things that, that come to mind as we're getting into this conversation. Yeah, Vin, I, I, I feel that art speaks the vibration of truth. And when I, I, I'm trying to put it in the right way because nobody owns the truth. And a truth is something that we're constantly pursuing. We're constantly going into uh, deeper realms. We're constantly unlayering uh, the veil in order to explore the truth, to dabble in the truth. And art allows us to do that. And artists help us do that. And that's why they are so oftentimes heavily rewarded and severely punished for just being what they are. That doesn't mean I go along with every artist or I support every artist. I support the process of art. Not necessarily artists, because the artists are human beings. They're subject to uh, the modification of the ego. Um, they're subject to all the banes of the ego like everyone else. But I support art in that sense, the spoken word, music development, uh, creative expression. Because if we don't do that, then we do the opposite. We, get, we become influenced by those who control art, and either wittingly or unwittingly. And they, it's like the manipulation of our language. Uh, the English language is a very new language. It's a very artistic language that is open for evolution expression. That's why every so many years there are many, many new words in a dictionary, because the art of speaking is being developed and evolved at a very rapid pace. And there's now we're going through a phase of de-evolution or um, dumbing down. 
So words no longer mean what the words are, but the words still are those words. And that's the power of mantra is what you speak and hear. So we who are opt-outs want to be very careful. Those who think for yourself, be very careful of how language is manipulated to actually suppress your consciousness. And it doesn't have to be a grand conspiracy. It can be very organic. You take the group, and I've talked about this before, you take a concept that people have called Antifa, anti-fascism. And if we've been, always been told that fascism is bad, wouldn't an anti-fascist be good? And what does it really mean? It means that you are, if you are, hate those people, you don't like those people, you're against people who are making you question fascism. So you're for fascism. You're for the idea of totalitarian leadership, of lockstep behavior, of non-thinking compliance. This is a very troubling place to be. You think of now, people say the anti-woke movement. That means anti-black. Sad enough. If you're against wokeness, you're against black, but they've also co-opted wokeness to include a bunch of other stuff that has nothing to do with what it was supposed to be. So again, I want to remind us, the term woke came from Huddy Ledbetter, a jazz, a blues musician, who were reminding people, black people in particular, to stay aware when you're moving through hostile areas of America that could have racist views. So stay woke, keep your head on a swivel, be aware of your surroundings. It was in honor of the Scottsboro's boy. Scottsboro boy were a group of black men that were wrongfully accused of some type of um, Emmett Till type of thing. They were all teenage boys who were lynched and hung in a particular part of the South because um, the mob wanted to kill them for some made up thing. So now people are saying, Ron DeSantis will say, I'm against wokeness. He's simply saying, I'm against black people and everything associated with liking black people, everything that's associated with being an ally of black people. That's what he's saying. But they've changed the words to mean that being woke means you're for pedophiles or being woke means you're for taking parental rights away from kids. That isn't what it means. But we can word salad things to the point where we no longer, nothing means anything. And you're waiting for a high director to tell you what the word means. So you can't find out on your own what the language means. What, what are we saying to each other? And that's why the role of artists come in who shed light on this. And they say, no, no, this is all garbage. Some artist will sing a song or, or write a poem or, or produce spoken word that reminds us. A comedian will say something that will remind us that, no, no, this isn't right. But they don't tell us what to do. They just remind us to wake up, be woke, wake up. That's what the comedian is supposed to do. These things are out of control. It's hard not to like David Chappelle unless you have an agenda that he has disrupted, that you have a narrow world view that he's called you on. 
then you have a problem with a David Chappelle. If you look at old comedies, such as All in the Family, what was the other one you were talking about? They were, the guys were talking about this morning. Um, different episodes of Family Guy or something like that that are warnings to what's coming. And it's said in a comical, unoffensive way that hopefully it gets past the censors. Oh, they're just joking. No, there's actually something to that joke. That they foresaw a time when we would be focused on kind of fascist ideologies promoted by people with narrow agendas. They want to promote whatever their lifestyle or their belief is above and beyond everybody else. I'm for live and let live. I'm for keeping your religion and your sexuality to yourself. Enjoy it in the privacy of your own home, your religion and your sexuality. And if we don't try to promote it or push it on other people, we actually can be a productive society and get along. We do not need to know what's going on in the private lives of other or in their religious habits. If you keep your God to yourself, you can represent your God by your actions and behavior. If you keep your sexual behavior to yourself, you can represent your group in a way that doesn't repulse or threaten or involve other people getting on board. And we can all do really well together in a productive world. And artists let us know that through their song, through their words, right? Nobody cared that Elton John was gay as a gay jaybird when he was singing Rocket Man or Benny and the Jets. Everybody was an Elton John fan. You know what Elton John didn't do? He didn't try to make you be like him. He didn't have a flag. He didn't have anything. Little Richard, the king of rock and roll, that could have easily been the queen of rock and roll, but he said that I'm a man of this kind of leaning. So good golly, Miss Molly, I sure like to burn. Long, tall Sally. You see what I'm saying? That was it. Richard, little Richard was gay as a jaybird. Um, well, I mean, like, that's... But everybody like... But, but he didn't... He just... Announce it. We just love the music. Yeah. Say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. What was the song by Journey? Uh, the beautiful song by Journey. Don't Stop Believing. Don't Stop Believing. Just beautiful. But I don't know what they were into in their private life. Do you? And does it matter? So, but artists touched our heart. But they didn't do things that prevented us from connecting with them. Because they related to the general, the most basic part of our humanity. The most basic part of our humanity. That rhythm. Okay? So when that's co-opted and taken over by corporations and cyberdyne and algorithms, then we have to be forced into camps, pro or against, for or against. 
We don't have to teach children about adult issues. Let them have a childhood. That's what the artists are after. Just let them be kids. Don't politicize them. Don't force flags on them. Flags of any kind, patriotic flags, gun lover flags, or rainbow flags. So artists are kind of saying, just be. I've known many artists, and many of them are quirky and weird, but they do great art, and they know they're quirky and weird. And for them to be quirky and weird allows them to be art artists. For those of us who aren't quirky or weird, we don't do any art that people would be interested in. Live and let live. Enjoy the artist. Support the artist. Nurture the artist. And understand what they're asking us to do. And their example is to be human. That's it. Not to be sheeple. Not to be augments. Not to be uh, following a particular agenda. Be offended. Be nervous. Be all that. But just be. You know what I mean, Vin? I've been thinking about this, Z, in relation to the work that I'm doing. Because at times the question comes up, why are you doing this? Or what's your objective? What's your purpose? And I've got answers to that question as well. But a lot of it is that I put words down and I get this out because I have to, because this is just burning in me and I've got to put it out and I've got to share my ideas and my music and how people relate to it is their business. I'm putting out a message. I'm putting out a particular view, how I see the world. I think it's a different perspective. I think it can help people navigate and get around all of these burdens and conditions that we find ourselves mired in. But even if people didn't listen to it, I'd probably still do it just because that's what I do. And I think that's the beauty of art. It's not there to try and get you to like the artist or to try and get applause. It can be that way. As you said, it can be corporatized and it can be turned into something that's just about making money and manipulating the masses. But a lot of it is just a statement. It's some higher truth that comes out. And that's why it's got such power and such authenticity. Z, one thing I wanted to cover, I mean, we've talked about art. This discussion has been very interesting in terms of what art can do and why it's so necessary, why maybe it's particularly necessary at this point in time. But we also have people who aren't artists. Maybe you appreciate art, but you're not an artist and you're not spending 100% of your time looking at paintings and going to museums and checking out sculptures and poetry. What can we learn from the artists? Because I think there's a lot that's very fundamental about what art is and what it does that people can apply even if they're not producing art. You know, things like expressing ourselves in a genuine fashion, tapping into our passion going through life in a way where we're just putting our views out there without expecting something in return, without expecting some validation or some attention. So run with that theme for a minute. What are some of the lessons that we can take away, that opt-outs can take away, just by looking at how artists operate? Well, I'll, I'll share this. And 
as you know, I, I, I move from the heart. And I have such an appreciation for you guys who are artists because I'm not an artist, but I've been around it all my life, the process. And, and first I'd like to say, for those non-artists, we tend to try to plan, structure, arrange, measure, um, constrict things. And that's how our world works. And we look at function over first, function, then form, then aesthetics. Artists look at aesthetics and form that create a functional need. They're quirky like that. So what have I learned from you, my, my long gone friend, Shock, the Tupacs, my brother, my nephew, who is also has picked up the art in the footsteps of my brother, the musicians I know, and all the little thing about them. What do, is it that seems to be a common theme in them? is they go with their soul. They are driven to do what they're doing by an unseen hand that animates their existence, that animates all our existence. It's filled with colors and memories and ideas and dreams and fantasies. It has flavors and textures and tastes that you could never imagine. That's the human part of it. The world that I live in can easily be measured and, 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 and proportioned out by a computer, like a machine. I have an engineering way of thinking, and I get it, and it feels good. But to put paint on it, to make it beautiful, it needs an artist. And that's what you guys bring to the table. And what makes us different than the machine is our humanity. We talked about that in our last podcast. What makes us different than a machine is that intangible, immeasurable, ridiculous, free thing that you guys do. See, when you do your spoken word, then it's a different, it's a different thing, man. It's different. When I would watch Shock and them create music, I remember Shock and my brother were sitting up making music together. And it just started out chaotic. And they kept saying, yeah, yeah, I feel it, I get it. I said, what the hell is this? It just sounds like people throwing dishes on the ground. And it was bing, bomb, boom, ding, boom. And they said, yeah, yeah, come on, let's keep it going. And then all of a sudden, this beautiful music started coming out of it. No machine can do that. It had nature in it, it had stories, it had the seasons. It has rises and falls that just fit just right. That made you want to get up and do something. It made you want to move. And then from there they could direct that action. So it's like it was a call to the awakening of a soul. And when that soul awakened, you could do things. You could move society, you could change the direction of politics. You could inspire people to do better by each other. It was great. That's what art does. It is the thing that separates us from the machine. The machine could make art, 
but it isn't that. It isn't that kind of art. Ours is flawed and not so perfect and not so pure. But damn, it makes you want to dance or fight or do something, right? That's what the art is, Ben. That's what it does. It keeps us human, man. Yeah, Z, I would say just to add on to that, maybe we can take that away for ourselves. That whatever it is inside of us that we care about, whatever we're passionate about, whatever feels authentic and genuine, find some space to express that. And it doesn't have to be everywhere because as you're saying, there are limits to every interaction. We don't want to go pushing our agenda on someone else. But let's find some space to express that part of our humanity. And maybe in doing that, we wake other people up. Maybe we don't. But at the very least, it keeps us human. You know, it keeps us alive. It keeps us away from just being part of these machines and this AI, which is taking over the world, which again has its place, but it's separate from what it means to go through this life and have that humanity. So that's it for me, Z. You got any final thoughts? Yeah, I just, you know, final thought on that, Vin, is this. As we um, censor art under the guise of making a more sterile and a less triggering world, we reduce ourselves as human beings. You ever find yourself driving down the road, maybe at a certain hour, a moment, and you hear a song that reminds you of a place, a person, a time in your life, and it lifts your spirits? You ever put on a comedian and on a bad day and you just laugh your ass off? And it's better than taking a pill because they have a pill in lieu of the comedian there's a pill you can take. In lieu, in lieu of the old love song, there's a pill you can take. In lieu of that music, it makes you just want to get up and dance. They got a pill for that. In lieu of the artist, they got a pill for that. But what the artist doesn't have is side effects. So do the artist, don't take the pill. Listen to the comedian. Listen to the raunchiest, craziest, rudest comedian you can and try not to fucking laugh. Put on some music from your high school days or the first time you were in love or whatever and see does it make you feel good. Put on the song when you uh, were in some point in your life and it just makes you want to get up and move. Go listen to your favorite artists or look at their artwork and see can't you find something else in it you didn't see before. That's your humanity rising. That's what we need. All right, Vin? All right. Yeah, and if you can't do that, just listen to the Dharma Media podcast. Or sorry, the, uh, the DPO podcast. Because, yeah, I listen to you and all those things you mentioned, provocative, offensive, raunchy, unfiltered. I get that every single day talking to you. But for those of you who can't talk to Z, check out our podcast or spread the, spread the word on the podcast. And, and also go to MyCenturyProject.com and buy it. Thank you, Long. Let's do another one. Let's do it again, then. Peace. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review 
helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.